love that song. Uh, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Uh, anybody remember who that did that originally? Elvis Costello. So, um, yeah. You know, the, the words of that song, um, when I was listening to it, I mean, they're so relevant. Uh, and I think they're p- very poignant. Um, the fact is... Uh, It says, uh, as I walk through this wicked world searching for light in the darkness of insanity, and I ask myself, is all hope lost? There's only pain, hatred, and misery. I would add to it as I'm watching the news, as I'm following social media. uh, One thing that I want to know, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? You know, we're in this uh, series, uh, Hashtag Blessed, and we're looking at the Beatitudes, attitudes of, of Jesus. Jesus says they are keys to experiencing happiness in life, and they're keys to, to being blessed. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. It doesn't say, blessed are people who love peace. The fact is, most people love peace. It does not say blessed are people who are at peace. In other words, they never get rattled. There's always that sense of inner peace. It says, blessed are those who are peacemakers, who actively seek to resolve conflict. And Christ followers, we are the most like our Heavenly Father, when we are peacemakers. And I know as I say that, for some, when you hear the word peacemaker, immediately you get all these crazy ideas. Uh, There are a lot of misconceptions, I think, when it comes to, to being peacemakers. And peacemaking is not about avoiding problems or running from problems. It's not pretending that there, there, that the conflict doesn't exist. And I understand most people do not enjoy conflict for the most part. They, they, consequently, what happens is people try to avoid things, which usually makes it worse. But peacemaking is not about avoiding the conflict. And peacemaking is not about appeasement. You know, when you cave into people, uh, you let people have their own way or you let people mow you down, that is not peacemaking. That's called passivity, all right? Think, think about this. Jesus was very controversial. Jesus stood his ground on a number of issues. He never said, hey, let everybody have their own way. He never said, give in for the sake of peace. Jesus never said anything like that. Peacemaking is not appeasement. It's not avoiding. And peacemaking, when you get right down to it, is actively seeking to resolve a conflict in your life. Why should we be peacemakers? Well, it's God's will for your life. Because God knows that if there is unresolved conflict in your life, that it comes with a really, really high price and a high cost. See, unresolved conflict will actually affect your relationship with God. 
the Bible indicates in numerous places that you cannot be in close fellowship with God and be out of fellowship with the people that are in your life. That both of those things, the one affects the other. Jesus said this, he says, if we say we love God but hate others, we are what? Oh, come on, with enthusiasm, we are? Liars. <laughs> I don't want to say that. We're liars. Unresolved conflict is toxic. Would you agree with that? It's toxic. It, it affects your relationship with God. It also affects your prayer life. You know, the fact is, when, when you have conflict, it, it begins to affect that. First uh, Peter uh, 3, 7. Now, this scripture is specifically addressed to husbands. And it says, treat her. It's talking about w- wife here. Treat your wife as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Now, Although that is specifically written to husbands, I think there's a broader implication here. In fact, if you read uh, Matthew 5, and you might want to do that this week, read that chapter, Jesus says that reconciliation is a prerequisite to worship. In fact, he says this. He says, so so if you're about... (coughs) so." I'll try it again. So if you are about to place your gift on the altar, and remember that someone is angry with you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, make peace with the person, then come back and offer God your, your gift to God. So when you come to church, you're about to worship, ready to give your offering, and you remember you've got conflict, you've got a problem, you've got somebody that you've got something against or they've got it against you, Scripture says you should leave immediately. Go deal with the issue and then come back and worship. In other words, there's nothing that is a substitute for reconciliation. Not, not giving, not, not sharing your faith, not reading the Bible. In other words... You might take a look, if you're having a hard time kind of connecting to God, if you're having a hard time and you feel like your prayers aren't being answered, then you might want to check how your relationships are. You might, you might want to see if possibly one of the reasons your prayers are being hampered is because you've got conflict in your life. See, unresolved conflict, creates a lot of problems and one of the things it does is it affects happiness i'd love to tell the whole world this to say you know you're not very happy take a look at your relationships take a look at at how you're living because conflict will make you miserable it'll drive you mad you know job 18 says you're only hurting yourself with your anger When you have an issue with someone, it messes with you. It will will create and cause damage in your life. You know, you get upset about something. You resent something. And it creates tension where? Inside you. 
And if you're not careful, what, what begins to happen is you become very monopolized by your thoughts. And the whole time, it's stealing. It's robbing and taking your happiness. And so how, how do you deal with conflict? You know, years ago, uh, Cindy and I moved into a, a home, different home. And after we moved in, we, we noticed one day we had all these red marks around our ankles. And we're like, what, what's going on? And it, it steadily got worse and worse and worse. And, and we knew something was biting us. But after a little bit of investigation, what we found out was there were fleas in the house. And they had been dormant in the, in the carpet. And we had, we had a cat at the time, and we brought the cat in and apparently brought them all to life, you know. The, the, so we got all these fleas all of a sudden. It was irritating. And it got so bad that the fleas made us want to flee our house, you know. And the, these microscopic, blood-sucking monsters, I mean, they terrorized us. And we battled with them. I mean, these, these carpet-dwelling villains, we, we battled with them for probably a month. We sprayed, things would calm down for a few days, and then they would come back with, with even more vengeance, it seemed like. And back and forth we went. They monopolized our attention at a point. Couldn't think about anything but just get rid of these diabolical creatures that were living in our house. And so finally, we just declared war. And we pulled out all the ammunition that we could come up with. We bought bug bombs, put them in every room. We got flea powder and flea shampoo and collars and spray. We heard there was an ultrasonic sound thing that you could get that would get rid of them. We used, you name it, we used it. Friends, God does not want us to live flea-infested lives. These conflicts... These struggles in our lives, they, they, they irritate us, they contaminate us, and they affect your fellowship with God, and they mess you up. They will. They hinder your prayer life. They disrupt your happiness. Bottom line, they come at a high cost, and you got to deal with them. And so my question this morning is, what would it take for you to deal with the conflicts in your life? You know, what would it take for you to be a peacemaker? You need a plan here. And I was like, okay, so what kind of plan? Well, I think it's found in the song that you just listened to. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Peace, love, and understanding. See, here's the thing, and I don't think it's funny. Peace is important. We, we have to seek peace. We, we have to face and deal with, with the conflicts we need to be peacemakers. And what that means is that it requires me to actually sit down and have a conversation with the people that I'm in conflict with, you know, to have a real conversation. 
and to actually try and work through stuff. See, conflict does not fix itself. It, it, it doesn't resolve itself by accident. You have to initiate, be intentional about trying to deal with it. You know, Scripture says, leave the altar, do it now, don't postpone it. It's so important that before you worship, go take care of it. You know, Paul uh, would write in Romans 12, he says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, Paul says. See, God knew there would be exceptions, that from time to time, that it would be almost impossible to, to fix it. And, and the reason why, and, and some of you have been here before, you, have you ever tried to, to work and deal with a situation in your life and the other person won't talk, won't deal? I mean, that's happened to me a few times in my life. And the Bible says, do what you can. Do what you can. If, if you try to deal with it, if you try and address the conflict, if you attempt to talk to them, and, and they go, nope, I won't talk to you. My advice to people, move on. You move on at that point. But 99.9% of the time, people will talk. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we cannot sit back. We cannot sit back. We can't wait for them to make the first move. And in fact, I bet as I've been talking this morning, for some of you, the Holy Spirit's been prompting you. You've been seeing the face or the name of someone that, that you know God wants you to deal with. God just brings them to mind. I mean, it, it may be a spouse, it may be a friend, it may be a neighbor, classmate, coworker, boss. I, I, don't, I don't know, but God's been prompting you. And whether you were the offender or you were offended, it does not matter. It does not matter the role that you played in that. What matters is if there is conflict, you go. You reach out. You, you talk to them. You deal with it. You, you take the initiative. It's, it's what God did. I mean, God initiated the first move in settling conflict. You know, the fact is, we were, we were totally wrong in our lives. We, we've all sinned outright, right? God's holy. God's just. God, God's perfect. But God did not look at our situation and our sin and go, oh, well, they're lost, their problem, you know. God didn't do that. God initiated a plan to deal with the conflict. God reached out. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile us, to make the relationship right. And if God had dealt with uh, the conflict like we do, well, we'd, we'd be in trouble, right? We, we'd be facing eternity in hell. But God didn't do that. God realized that there was conflict. He realized that sin had created this gap. And God says, you know what, I'm going to deal with that. And, and he just addressed the problem. God took initiative to deal with the conflict, to deal with the problem, to, to try and make things right. And one of the ways 
that you are most like God is when you take initiative and you seek peace in your life. You allow the Holy Spirit to to guide you, to to point you toward a situation or, or someone that you need to make peace with in your life. We're called by God to make peace. Christ followers, you have to take initiative and seek peace. I mean, if you're going to deal with the conflict in your life, if you're going to be a peacemaker, you have got to be understanding. As a, as a world, we need to be more understanding. We need to try and understand where people are coming from. We need to try and understand what people are going through in their life. The fact is, if you begin to try and understand, guess what? You get a new perspective. You understand what, what it is that's making them act or do the, the things that they do. If, if you're understanding, the fact is you can actually have a real conversation with someone. Understanding is connected to peace. And we need understanding in this world. You know, Philippians 2, 4, it says, Lay to each of you, look carefully, not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That, that phrase, uh, look carefully, in the Greek, it's the word skopos. It's where we get the word scope, uh, like microscope, so to speak. You know, we're to look carefully, like under a microscope. We're to look at the details in our relationships so that not only our interests but we're looking at their interests and their needs what happens when you get upset who do you think about you right you think about your needs your hurts your pain your ideas your stuff. And you've heard it said before, you, you can't understand someone till you walk a mile in their shoes, right? I mean, I heard that a lot as a kid. And what I realized is when you do that, so to speak, it gives you insight. It gives you insight into someone's struggles, their challenges, into their needs, into their viewpoint in life. God has called us to a new perspective. And when you take time to do that, you have a better understanding of them. See, understanding and peacemaking are intricately connected. Peace, love, understanding. Peace, love, understanding. You notice what's in the center there? Love. Love is at the center of that phrase. Peace and understanding are only possible, I believe, when love's central in your life. Because love will guide you. Love will guide your approach in life. Love will provide a way through whatever it is that's the, that's the problem you know, love will, will keep you from attacking someone. Love will increase your grace 
in life. Love will actually keep you positive and, and allow you to weigh your thoughts and your words in life. Paul, Paul says this in Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter, verse 29. He says, do, do not use harmful words, you know, but only helpful words, the kind that, that build up and provide what's, what is needed so that you will say and do the things that are good in life. And they can hear you. They can hear you in life. Peacemaking. <laughs> it requires you engage your mind before you engage your mouth. It requires that we use words that are helpful, that, that build people up, lift people up, encourage people. And friends, when love is central, no matter how difficult the conversation, I have found if someone knows that I love them, they can hear. When love's central, it, it changes your language. It changes your vocabulary. It changes your tone. It changes your entire approach to whatever it is that you're trying to deal with. You know, love is central in the Christian faith. James writes this. He says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure and full of quiet gentleness. Then it is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to the other. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted and straightforward and sincere. Where two or more are gathered, expect conflict. That's why there's nothing funny about peace and love and understanding in life. As followers of Christ, we are to pursue peace. We're, we're to put love central in our lives. And we are to be understanding. And it is possible to be a peacemaker when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through you in your life. You know, peace, love, and understanding, they're not a, about fixing everything. Peace, love, and understanding does not mean that you're going to agree with everyone or with someone. It is about reestablishing and protecting the relationship that you have with them. There are legitimate reasons for honest differences between a husband and wife, an uh, employee and a boss, between men and women, between co-workers, between the people maybe you go to school with or church with. <laughs> the, the fact is, some of those differences will not be resolved. They won't. No matter how much you talk, they won't. But reconciliation a priority on the relationship. When you try and reconcile, it means you focus on the relationship. 
rather than resolution, which really focuses on the problem, and I will tell you, amps the problem. When you focus on the relationship, when that's the most important thing, I will tell you the issue or issues will become less and less significant. You actually can wrestle with issues. You can sit and have a conversation, and it's okay at the end of it to agree to disagree. The fact is you can walk together with someone and not see eye to eye. Focus on the relationship. Focus on reconciliation, and it will get you moving in the right direction. And so here's my question this morning. It's a simple one. I I would challenge you to, to wrestle with it this week. Are you a peacemaker? You know, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to be about peace. We are. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, you may be going, well, well, how are you blessed if you're a peacemaker? Well, you are blessed with inner peace because there's no conflict that you haven't addressed in your life. That's a big one. You you are blessed when, when you pursue peace, God will reward you for doing that. He'll reward the efforts. Your relationships will be better. That's a blessing, wouldn't it be? And this world, this world would be a better place because of your efforts in pursuing peace. Blessed, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. Friends, When God looks down from heaven and he sees one of us pursuing peace, I I really do think God looks down and, and smiles in that moment and goes, that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my child. See, they're 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 seeking peace. They're so much like me. Prince, when you are a peacemaker. You are a reflection of a holy God, a great God. You're a reflection of your heavenly Father. You are a child of God. And the world notices that. Blessed, blessed, blessed are peacemakers. For they will be called. You and I will be called children of God. Friends, I would challenge you to be a peacemaker. In these troubling times, be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker at your job. Be a peacemaker at school. Be a peacemaker wherever you go. I mean, I would love for people to go, man, he is problem because he's always trying to create peace where we're at. Hate that guy. It 
could happen. <laughs> Pursue peace. Let, let's stand for a word of prayer to God. God, you, you're a God of peace. And your son was the prince of peace. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just guide us, pull us, drag us if necessary to be people of peace. God, I pray uh, today that all of us would just be nagged a little bit. In fact, nagged so much that whoever it is we've got conflict with, that we would take a step to just reach out and say, I want peace here. We don't have to agree about everything. We may never agree about this, but Let's, let's have peace in our relationship. God, I pray that uh, you'd use us to bring peace to whatever small part of the world that you've given us influence, that uh, where we walk and talk, that we'd be people of peace. God, help us to be peacemakers. Help us to honor you with all we say, all we do. God, we give you the glory this day and every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God's people said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Pe peacemakers are what? Blessed. Be a peacemaker this week. Have you guys enjoyed the song we've been doing? It, I, I find uh, middle of the week, I'm like, I woke up with that song in my head again, but, and, and uh, I was talking to a few people, and they're like, that song's in my head all the time, and I'm like, well, good, that's, that's the plan, so let, let's, let's sing and worship God and get it in your head today. <laughs>